Hello and welcome to Connected, a podcast about people, ideas, marketing, technology and everything that's good. I'm ASD, a digital man here at Mediacom. Hi, I'm Sue Uniman, Chief Transformation Officer at Mediacom. And joining us in the room is Bethan Crockett. How are you doing, Bethan? Very well, thank you. Thank you for the invite. Bethan is a Digital Risk Director at Group M, having previously worked at both Microsoft and Yahoo. So it's a new new role, relatively, risk, head of risk. Um, what do you what do? You do? How do you, how do you keep us safe? How do I keep everyone safe? So it's a good question. So um, as a team, we've divided it up now into three areas of risk. And we think about fan- financial risk, legal risk, and reputational risk. Um, and we're looking very much in the digital space here, because yeah. this is where most of the risk is being presented. Um, and so really it means keeping up to date with everything related to digital advertising. And that means a lot of topics nowadays. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's obviously ad fraud, ad blocking, viewability, and the contextual brand safety. But more and more now it's about data use, the consumer experience, Mm. um, the consumer viewpoint on whether someone's being socially responsible in their advertising Mm. overall. Um, And so we have to kind of think about best practices for Group M and all of our agencies Mm. across all of those topics that might introduce some element of risk to ourselves and our clients, Mm. because obviously we want to protect our clients as well. Mm. And how... How much, how changeable is it? Is, is there new things to worry about every day, every week, every, how's it? <laughs> it's not uh, every day. I would say often something new pops up every couple of weeks, That's like a new question huge, yeah, from yeah, a different, yeah. different okay. angle or different perspective. Uh, the most recent questions that we've received, which haven't been something we've focused on a lot until now, is around ethics. Yeah. And how does the advertising industry as a whole, especially in digital, act in an ethical way, which is kind of building on the social responsibility, corporate responsibility, but it's almost going into a next level. Mm. Um, And that's quite interesting. So questions about things like how do we act within advertising to ensure we're not presenting bias or not perpetuating a bias. And that's a really big topic right now. And obviously, if you've looked at any of the um, machine learning yeah. you know, debate that's going on. It's like, can it ever be not biased mm. because it's programmed by humans and we all have a bias. Mm. And um, it's also programmed on, uh, sorry, it works within what has happened so far, yeah. not what would people would like it to, the yeah. world to be. So it's exactly, um, so really, really interesting area to kind of think about and how do we act in advertising, mm. in person, as well as use of technology, use of data, use of machine learning in our space. What do we do to protect our clients? It's a big question. So that's a new one that's kind of come to the surface very recently. And sorry, I, I've got one more follow-up question. <laughs> how, how much do government ask you what Group M thinks? Because obviously you're responsible for billions. Um, <laughs> in the sense of advertisers spend yes. in terms of risk. Yeah, so as a group, we're obviously recognised by the governments mm. all across UK and at MIA and the European Union mm. as, as being one of those influential players yeah. who, who do direct a lot of the advertising um, for client on behalf of clients. Um, so we'll often be asked to participate, especially in any of their fact-finding, investigation yeah. work. In the UK, that's very much the Department of um, culture and media and so mm. on coming to us and asking us about well how does online advertising work do you think you can keep people safe mm. how do you prevent harm mm. uh, and really they want us to hear honestly they want to hear just what can we do what have we mm. done and we need to present um, very much that we're capable mm. there are challenges mm. 
there are areas we need help mm. from them. For example, a legal definition for fake news or disinformation yeah. would help all of us because it's something concrete to work from. Um, but obviously it's a big challenge then for the government because of freedom of speech and yeah. expression. Yeah. Um, so they do often come to us and we have to be very careful that we're presenting a view that represents the industry but also shows how we're trying to take leadership and what we really are doing to tackle the problems because we don't want it to be seen that we're sitting back. We don't want a Facebook no. interview or a criticism like that that we're not willing to come to the table. No, no. We're being active yeah. but um, fair. Exactly. So a bit of a challenge. Yeah. So where yeah. do you think the responsibility lies for the moderation or the, this control? The government, with us, with the clients, with the platforms? <coughs> yeah, big, big debate at the moment, obviously, and we're seeing law putting it more and more towards platforms, which mm. is interesting. But then we've seen the pushback and the debate mm. that's come from the most recent piece around how to tackle online harm mm. and, and the um, platforms being very much in spotlight but pushing back saying we'd like regulation but also we're not responsible for the harm we you know we are creating a platform and we're hoping that allows people to use it widely and for good things mm. or there's always bad players who will use it for the wrong thing and how do we manage that it's mm. a challenge for us so i think in in all honesty in our world right now in digital advertising there's a lot we can do as the agencies guiding our clients around mm. safety and controls and parameters and use of mm. tools and technology and we should be advising them every time mm. it's up to the client then if they agree and they want to put in place all the controls all mm. the technologies um, but if we've made them aware of the risk then it's a calculated decision informed decision mm. on their behalf and we're a trusted advisor so if something does happen it's a nice two-way conversation about well we understand why that happened now how can we prevent it in the future we understood we took on the risk so it's a journey yeah uh, very much it's and i think black and white. i think the platforms do need to take a, a big step though to sort of say mm. we need to think more about what we do i think that point on being an advisor to a client is really important because we've all got personal point of view um on on the platforms mm. and, and uh, the advertisers money funds those platforms in the same way we've all got points of view on different newspapers mm -hmm. some have newspapers which mm. I personally would never advertise but that's not my job is to be personal and emotional about it um, and it's definitely something I find difficult <laughs> um, so it, it is difficult I tell you when it's really difficult is when you have a client upset about something that's yeah. happened on a platform mm. and then and you understandably get upset, yeah, yeah. and understandably upset but then you get together and you talk them through all the options yeah. and choices and then there's maybe a meeting with the platforms yeah. and the client doesn't repeat yeah. that opinion yeah. um, to, the, to that partner. Yeah. And I think there's no harm in them doing that and they need yeah. to do it. Yeah. They're not judging that platform, yeah. they're sharing their concerns and it's only by hearing them many times and consistently that the platforms will probably start saying, okay, it really is something high yeah. on our clients radar yeah. and we need to really that think about and I think we're seeing that advice. now it's starting now yeah it's definitely advice. starting yeah. more now so what do you think the root cause of most digital risk is this is a good question I was trying to think about this because we could go very grand you know very yeah. specifics yeah. but it's not really the specifics I think that are root causes so I came up with three so feel free to debate these mm. okay. and maybe you'll have different points of view but I think the first one is that our industry digital advertising is incredibly dynamic we mm. talked about you know how often do new questions yeah. come up about yeah. digital risk 
And I think we have many, many participants in the execution of even one digital advertising campaign. The technology constantly changes as well, not just our advertising delivery technologies, um, but the consumer technology, technology yeah. we use as consumers and that we're mm -hmm. trying to reach consumers on. And the problem is that means we don't have consistency yet mm -hmm. across processes, mm -hmm. technologies, mm -hmm. systems, approaches. Mm -hmm. We have different standards, mm -hmm. so just think about viewability, you know, we have a Group M standard that's global, but the MRC and the IAB, which is the industry, has a different standard, mm -hmm. but then move into, you know, joining them up. And we then, because it's um, so quickly growing with multiple players, we end up with lots of points of weakness. So you end up with, it's like if you wrote a computer program, if you thought, everyone's writing the computer program but not in the same room together and plugging in their bits of code think about it there's lots of weak spot mm. weak spots which could be abused and, and you're that, only as strong as yeah and you're only strong if you're consistent and yeah. locking down those weak spots so i think that's one of our problems um and, and as an illustration of this i was trying to think how to illustrate this um so eve bot and meth bot so big commercial fraud attack on the industry mm. FBI investigated them and has charged them with lots of, you know, wire fraud, conspiracy, yeah. etc. But this is how this is an example. This is who the FBI partnered with to resolve it. Google, White Ops, Facebook, Adobe, Amazon, Microsoft, Simnatech, mm -hmm. McAfee, the Trade Desk, and others. Okay. So you can see if everyone's yeah. doing table, it, right? yeah, <laughs> that's that's one thing yeah. I think is is a root cause. The next root cause, and I think this is something we've brought on ourselves a little bit as an industry, is measurement. Yeah. We can measure everything in digital, mm -hmm. and we do measure everything, mm -hmm. and that's maybe not the right way, and we went too far down that route. Mm -hmm. If you think about TV, print, radio, they set up an established way of measuring their audience, their circulation, or mm -hmm. the makeup of their audience, or how you can buy it. Everyone agreed to the standard, and everyone bought into Good. it. Yeah. Um, we didn't have endless debates on that area, yeah. but we as an industry have kind of created yeah. a bit of a yeah. challenge for ourselves in that space. And again, that leads to digital risk because everyone's doing things differently. Mm. And the last is just what I touched on a little bit earlier is not using what you have available. Mm. So we already do have tools and technologies mm. that can help, but not everyone's using them. And if you're caught out and you're not using them, you've kind of already put yourself in that difficult mm. situation. So I think that's the other, you know, a root cause is if you're not taking advantage mm. of what we know already works. Um, so you, you might have got into this a bit already, but what do you think are the most common misconceptions about data risk and digital risk? Uh, so I kind of focused on data here because it's mm. been such a big piece of our lives in digital for the last uh, uh, I'd say like two years really, but with, with the general data protection coming into play. And thinking about that, I think the first big misconception that we need to work on is with legislators and our industry. And I think it's improving, but they still don't understand that the data we use to t deliver even a non-targeted ad involves an online identifier. But we're not really mm. gathering a lot of personal information and so we need to be able to do that to make the industry work. Mm. And yes, you can go much further and you can use an online identifier to pick up a lot of information and really be able to identify someone by bringing it together into a profile. And then there are more and more risks around personal mm. data. And do you want someone to know that much about your habits and patterns and behavior? Um, and especially use it without you saying, yes, that's yeah, okay, I don't mind. Yes, yeah. yeah. So I think there's still a lot of, um, 
communication we need to do with legislators to help them understand and differentiate the scale yeah. of use yeah. of data and recognise which areas really should be managed yeah. um, well to protect the consumer and which ones are really about just delivering a, um, a type of industry that actually brings huge benefits in terms of financial yeah. benefits, yeah. spending, growth of the economy, employment yeah. and, and yeah. not stifling because risk is all that. about balance, right? Yeah. If, you, yeah. if you say to people, do you want to do something risky, they'll tend to go, yeah, some people go yes, some yeah. people go oh, no. But then yeah. if you actually define what you mean and yeah, what, what is the risk? Is and what is the risk? Can, do you think we do enough to protect, you talked about protecting consumers, do you think we do enough to protect children? Now, that's a big, big debate yeah. now in focus. I think we don't right now. Mm-hmm. I think... Um, I think again, the, but then it's difficult, isn't it? Because you talk about the risk balance, and there's a lot of parents that would say they love all the online technologies and what they provide yeah. for their children uh, in terms of education, in terms of being able to search for information on their own, being independent, um, learning about technology. Uh, and I think but we I need to find a balance. I wasn't actually thinking in terms of the, the hideous kind yeah. of no, no, absolutely. Stuff, but just in terms of so much information about who you are mm. is being is available given away mm-hmm. you're under 16 you haven't really agreed to no. anything have you no at the moment with the way our, our systems are set up they haven't really agreed they because if you think about it it's a, it's a big long set of terms that explain what's going yeah. on someone under 16 someone under 30 someone under whatever age is not going to read all of that to understand what's happening with their data I think the biggest risk as well is maybe not with uh, online services where you do have to register and give your information because there are age controls in place there so that at least is good I know they can't check them and we all know you can lie about your age and just loads and and, but everyone's done that since whenever you know. yeah it's not a great it's not a great way to start your relationship with a, a big social company for no. example by lying about exactly your but we know it happens yeah. but you know that that how do you control that people you know young people yeah. do that you can't stop them really from behaving that way um but i think the bigger risk is around and i think this is very much around the growth of apps again sort of a different yeah. a step change in how you access content or services and when you register for an app try and think back to the last time were you asked anything when you signed up for an app like even like google maps or no. just an app that no. might be about something very simple no. like um uh, it could be about you know anything sports you like mm. books you mm. like mm. community it's very rare you get a kind of message saying this is what we're going to do this is where your information will be shown yeah. here's how you can control what you can see and share or not share here's how you stay just with your friends that doesn't really come out, so I think there's probably a massive opportunity there. I think I just think it's really interesting because I was thinking about GDPR anyway, yeah. And that, you know, if you're under eighteen, if you're under sixteen, you don't normally have the same responsibilities that you can sign away, if you like, yeah. As as you you do you appear to do online, but I was also thinking about the number of kids that there's going to be a generation of kids that grow up are going to say to their parents, what did you do with my photos when I was three and four and five? And maybe they won't mind. Yeah. I think I might have minded if I'd... um... I think that's already coming out, isn't it? They've had various famous celebrities' children saying, I didn't give you permission to post my picture. Which is interesting. Interesting times. Probably a good time to be a, a, a lawyer of that sort of... Of those controls. We won't solve that. No, no, that would be very difficult. So... 
what do you think the implications are for Mediacom and Group M if we didn't have people like you managing our digital risk? And thank goodness we <laughs> did. <And> thank goodness. <laughs> That's very kind. Well, I, I think I, I would stress, I think lots of the teams in the agencies are very conscious and aware of these yeah. subjects yeah. and do engage already heavily in, in thinking about this. So I think it's fantastic. And please, everyone, if you're listening, keep doing this because mm. it really does help us. But the risks are um, we inadvertently place ourselves in a difficult conversation with a client and no one wants the difficult conversation with a client. So it's very hard if you haven't had a conversation about risk and planning on digital by this point in time now mm. and you're running activity and something goes wrong, it'll be very hard to sort of say, well, we couldn't really foresee that happening or yeah. we're very sorry we didn't tell you but you could have done this to prevent it especially if that information goes is not kept within the client organization and us but is obviously exposed by by the press writing mm. up a story mm. a headline yes. story yeah. so there's a there's a there's that challenge and that's the reputational risk we yeah. talked about but also in that it's it's we're not helping our clients like we might want to because we are potentially allowing them to to lose out financially because their ads are fraudulent so yeah. it's not going to contribute to their their yeah. goals yeah. or it could be their ads are never seen at yeah. all yeah. like no opportunity yeah. and again we can't really justify that behavior now as a mature company no. that owns and, and you know delivers so many ads yeah. across across the world um on our own part we could inadvertently find ourselves then as well in front of a regulator mm. trying to explain why something's happened and that's the worst position to be in because it's public yeah. it can be written up again in the press yeah. um, and we're having to explain what we did wrong we've you know? got to be responsible so you yeah. know it, and we can't shy away from that so i think um for me it's really about um we don't want to we want to lead and we want to show their clients that we really consider everything yeah. around their business and what they're trying to achieve through their advertising and marketing and we understand there's risks at all different levels but we have a very balanced viewpoint and we can give them everything they need mm. at whatever level they are in terms of the execution to feel comfortable and understand mm. and talk to it themselves yes. within yeah. their own yeah. um, teams. Because they're being asked by yeah. their boards what's yeah. going on. Exactly, and feel comfortable. And you're a resource for all of that. Yeah, I mean, it must be horrible being the, the, the you know, looking after the digital in a big campaign for a big brand and then having your you know CMO call you in and say, well, why did you do X or Y? Yeah. You want to be able to be armed and ready to go as We've well. We've got those answers. Um, so what's, what's next? Um... Well, I think we've got the the machine learning to figure out. We're yes. looking at um, we're looking at voice now. Yeah, huge challenge. What's yeah. the risk around voice? Mm. Um, we're also looking at digital out of home. What does that mean? Yeah. How does that flow in? Yep. Um, busy. Yeah, yeah. We think we're, we're thinking about you know everything that's now um, you know television's changing so much yeah. of it's consumed yeah. now on devices and digitally. How does that play into how we think about risks? There's a lot lot of different things in our world moving still that we we need to think about and, and prepare for. And um, But then there's still the traditional things that we're looking at. So we've just written, for example, political advertising guidelines okay. based on all the changes in the law and all the changes in practices in, the, in different platforms and with different partners. Um, we've just written again an update on gambling because yep. the laws keep changing yep. and being updated and mm. everyone needs to be up to speed on things like that. So there's always lots going on. Yeah. 
it sounds like it's just going to get bigger and bigger and more complicated as it goes on it's always changing I think it's just going to always change. I'm not sure it'll get bigger. I think hopefully some things will become more controlled and, yeah. and resolved. So th there'll be things now that might be quite important issues that will become um, manageable, sure. understood. Yeah. There'll be a baseline. There'll be a default position on it yeah. that everyone agrees a to. A rule of thumb. Yeah, and then there'll be the new, the new issue. Next. Right, on to our regular questions. We ask all of our guests. So what is your favourite line from a poem, a song or a book? So we had fun with this. We were chatting a bit earlier about this. So it made me think of my childhood because I think it was probably the last time I actually read poems. Mm. Um, and it was one called Sea Fever, which um, the, the line is, and I had to look it up to remember it properly, but it was, I must go down to the seas again, to the lonely sea in the sky, and all I ask is a tall ship and a star to steer her by. And I just remember it from childhood, and I remember it being quite a scary poem when yeah. you're a child because yeah. it's like, oh, you're going alone to the beach and a ship and the sea, and it's mm. stormy. Um, but it really stuck with me, and I thought that was interesting that you know it stayed, stayed that whole time. And the star to steer. I, I think I think Bethan is truly our star to steer. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know about that. Where, where's, where's home for you? Are you born by the sea? No, nowhere near the sea, and I'm quite scared of the sea. So. <laughs> Probably from that poem, terrified by childhood. Yeah, no, because I I don't think that's necessary. I would necessarily have found that a scary oh, really? poem. So it's that's it's my all vision was yeah, like yeah, scary yeah. big seas. Yeah. Um, so my um, favourite question, which is, <laughs> if you were a genie, what five commonly available objects would I have to put in a magic circle to summon you? <laughs> this one was quite easy. I'm quite easy oh, to summon. Good. Um, <laughs> it's useful to know. All you need is cheese. Yep. <laughs> Any cheese. particular? No, all cheeses. Uh, cheese. Warm, warm bread, baked bread, a glass of wine, some friends, and hopefully some sunshine. And uh, I'll be there, you know, by default. So I think all of those are allowed. I'm not sure the friends. Ah, uh, no, friends. can't just have friends. summon friends. Can't just summon no. friends. It's got to be. I've got to be able to um, arrange it. I think I can arrange the sunshine. Definitely the wine. <laughs> yes, cheese, sunshine. The warm you? bread. But um, uh, may, I'm going to press you for a fifth. Maybe we can have a swimming pool as well. Then, oh yeah. So then you know yeah. we've got a bit of everything going on. Yeah. yeah. No. Definitely. Uh, absolutely. Uh, do you have a book that you've given away or recommended the most? I do, and this is a bit of a, a bit of a fun one. But if you want a good read, mm. um, definitely get this book. Men and women. Um, it's called. I don't know if anyone's read this, called Close, 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 Music, 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 Boys, Boys, Boys. No. <laughs> okay, Viv Albertine, she was part of the Slits, the first oh, female yes, punk I band, it. Yep, yep. late 70s. Yeah. Um, and she hung out with, you know, all the other punk bands around the same time, The Clash and she everyone. She was a pioneer, wasn't she? And she yeah. was the, yeah, she was a bassist, quite controversial yeah, for yeah. the time. But it's actually a very interesting read. The review, this is what the official review yeah. says, Frank Feminist Memoir. And captures the importance of punk but I think it's more about actually capturing how life was at that time yeah. um, and how she developed like because it goes quite goes um, it's quite a long story so it starts with her days and, like trying to get into music and yeah. be part of a punk band and be a female punk band uh, and then it develops to her you know losing her love for music regaining it craziness of life okay. so it's a really interesting book yeah I'm going to take, take a look um, if you could change the industry in just one way right now, what would it be? So um, this kind of harks back to what I was talking mm. about, but I think if we could get everyone on board with some standards, yeah. uh, especially around we how are you... one yeah, industry, right? One industry, and this is how you buy yeah. X, a yeah. video ad. This is how you buy a display ad. Um, and couldn't, this is how I couldn't agree more. <laughs> I mean, and then we get rid of so much debate, yeah. so much time spent yeah. on 
wasted on the wrong stuff. Yeah, really. on, yeah. on the on the stuff that's not moving the industry forward, not yeah. allowing us to be creative, innovative. Yeah, and, you know, exciting, getting clients Growth. really. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. you know, like oh my goodness, you can do that and digital, mm. brilliant. Let's go for it. Yeah. Yes. And finally, uh, if we were to give you a billboard, where would you put it and what would it say? <laughs> this is very topical, I thought about this. I think we need one right outside the Houses of Parliament mm. right now. Mm. Uh, and I think we could just say, put aside party politics and get on with it. Because <laughs> yeah. yeah. I feel like there's too much distraction going on yeah. and not enough just solving you know, the actual issue they need to decide on now and moving on. And dealing with other issues which are now creeping up and, and frustrating yeah. you know, at the UK and... and now this this may people. not go out. I don't know when this is going. Podcast is going to go out. <laughs> Sorry, and of guys. course we don't know <laughs> what the situation will be tomorrow. Let alone yeah. you know in a couple of weeks when it might go out. So we should say that at the moment we're on the Easter break. <laughs> yes, yeah. Brexit has been delayed nominally till October thirty first, but probably put party politics aside and get on with it will apply <laughs> yeah. for a little whenever. while. A well, little probably while, whenever, <laughs> whenever it goes out. So thank you for that. I think we a lot of people would agree. And then there wasn't the last question. I'm there's sorry, a, no. There's a trick extra question. Yeah, yeah, the a trick one you one. can't prepare for is Excellent. from School of Life. Oh, uh, gosh. If you could pick one of these, right. read it out. Pick and the middle one. It. Always pick middle. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here we go. The question is, what would you need to do in your working life in order to make either of your parents jealous? Uh-uh. Um, Interesting one. And then what would you need to do in order to make your parents feel proud of you? Okay. Interesting. To make my parents jealous, well, they're both retired, so this is a bit tough because I'm jealous of them because they keep disappearing on holidays, uh, left, right and centre, and spend nearly two months in the south of France every year. So I'm not sure how I could make them jealous. Uh, The main thing we do right now, both ways, to, uh, to tease each other is actually if we're having really nice food, like a dinner, we text the menu to each other <laughs> to try and out menu each other like oh, oh i'm really having cool. very delicious oysters right now or something okay. so i think that's probably a good route for jealousy um to make them feel proud honestly they're um brilliant parents my parents both teachers so they're grounded in a very specific way mm. of thinking about uh uh development and how we grew up as kids so honestly they they were proud of us whatever we did that was kind of their teacher approach as well well not everything we did obviously (laughs) if we we misbehaved (laughs) we were in trouble but yeah you know and i'm sure they're very proud yeah that's lovely bethan thank you so much for your time thank you